Lucrative Super has been a proud partner of the PFA since 2009 and offers PFA members the opportunity for one-on-one consultation and advice on your super at no additional cost. With Lucrative Super, you're a part of an industry super fund that's been providing solid, long-term returns and excellent service for the past 40 years. We care about giving back to our community. Lucrative Super, working for a better future. It's always a pleasure to speak to this man, a veteran of Melbourne Victory, one of the A-League's greatest stalwarts. Lee Broxham, welcome to Footballer's Voice, mate. Thanks for having me. Mate, great to have you on. It's been a while since we've had a chat. Uh, we won't go into too much on the field. We want to talk about off the field, of course. That's what we do here on the Footballer's Voice. And the first point I just want to pick you up on is clearly at the moment um, you I guess a mentor and a leader to a lot of the younger players in the Melbourne Victory Group and yourself and, and Carl Valeri have probably driven that internally. So I guess what I'm looking to ask you from the outset is how do you go about creating that culture and that leadership uh, within younger players? And I've no doubt you've, I guess your style would have evolved over the journey, Lee, um, and the more years yeah. that you've got under your belt as a Melbourne Victory player. But how do you kind of approach culture and, and leadership and driving that within the group and trying to help those young players? What are some of the, the little things that you pride yourself on in that respect? Um, I suppose it starts with trying to lead by example, I guess. You know, if you're punctual yourself, you know, on time and um, making sure that uh, – you're getting all the fine details right yourself, um, you know, then you can practice what you preach, I suppose. You know, if you're, you've got issues with people or you need to be uh, firm with certain people at certain times, you know, you you, you can fall back on your sword because you're doing the right things, I guess. So I guess it's practicing what you preach and, and leading by example. And, um, you know, I learned a lot um, probably working with Carl, like you said, Carl Valeri over – um, the few years uh, that he was playing and, um, you know, just the, his general human being factor, I think, you know, just being a good human and a good person, first of all, I think, um, you know, really doesn't demand the respect. I think people just, uh, you know, follow suit and understand that you, you have everyone's best interests and the club's best interests at heart. And I think it, um, you know, it filters through the group. And, um, yeah, you know, when you do have to have tough conversations with with people that might be uncomfortable at um you know having having that sort of stuff on foot um makes things a little bit easier i don't want to make you feel too old but let's go back toward the start of your (laughs) melbourne victory career mate and what 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 did you how would you sum up uh yourself as a young kid coming through and what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned or the harshest lessons that you learned when you came into that professional environment were you a little bit slack at times in certain areas and can you remember some of the more experienced players pulling you up what was it like at the in the very beginning for you if you look back um, I mean, it was always, it, it wasn't an easy road to us, you know, I was always kind of driven and that, I did take a hard road to get there. So I kind of had that, that discipline and that, that drive to, to become a first team player. So it was kind of there. I think it was like all the, you know, as I was getting games, you know, understanding, understanding the game and people helping along the way. And, um, you know, I had little issues along the way. I, I know my first off season, uh, put on a lot of weight. I thought that's what the off-season was for. You come back to pre-season and, you, you know, that's what pre-season's for. And, you know, quickly understood that 
that wasn't acceptable. Um, you know, I think we won the championship in my first year, so you, you know, got a little bit carried away and <laughs> didn't didn't quite understand, you know, some of the standards that were expected. Um, but it was, you know, I still had the hard work and the desire. I didn't shy away from, you know, the fact that uh, that wasn't right. Um, you know, and I was always willing to to cop. Uh, you know couple things on the chin and say, yeah, okay, swallow it and, and keep moving forward. So, um, you know, that was kind of a lesson I learned early on that, you know, you not to point fingers. I think you just sort of got a lot to, you know, if, if you're to blame, you know, you take it yourself and, and you go ahead and fix it, right? And, and I've, um, I think I've taken that throughout my career, no matter what age, no matter what you might feel entitled to. It was a lesson I learned early on that, you know, um, to look at yourself, look at yourself in the mirror first and, and go from there. Now, for some people, it's a little bit weird looking back and talking about the lockdown period and trying to think, did that actually happen? But it was it was a difficult time. Like I personally uh, suffered a little bit being away from some family that live up in the country, Lee, and um, mm-hmm. it, there were times where my wife and I were, wanted to kill each other, but that's okay. I think there are a lot of situations like that in many households across Victoria, but I know yourself and your wife actually uh, mm. put together uh, a great program, a free program. You've got Broxham Fitness, of course, and throughout that yeah. COVID-19 period, you've been able to extend some of those online Zoom classes. And I think you got the Victory fans and the, the PFA members involved for free if they wanted to yeah. take up that offering. And just to keep people, I guess, motivated and, and fit um, because it was a very trying time. Um, so can you talk to that yeah. a little bit and just having that outlet and being able to create that experience for people because I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, my wife ran a, just sort of an online, online, uh, sorry, outdoor boot camp at the time and then it was, you know, we just kind of thought that had to stop obviously, you know, with all the restrictions that were put in place. So, you know, then she was at home and then not long after I was at home as well and then we kind of just one of her clients suggested running Zoom classes and, yeah, we just grabbed it and ran with it. We pivoted towards that and still do it now um, from the house and it was, you know, just really escalated over that that period because it was, um, you know, people had not a lot to look forward to at the time, you know, that was we had a lot of, you know, friends and family that would get involved with it and it was what they look forward to for the day. They're, you know, their only thing that they look forward to being able to, you know, interact online and, and do a workout is, you know, it, it does sound, you know, not a big highlight, but, you know, you forget what the lockdown was like and, mm. and the little things that you could do. So, you know, we, you know, she was training sort of 40, 50 people, you know, uh, regularly for a week, you know, and, and it was, um, it was sort of a bit of fulfillment for us, I guess, you know, like we were, I was stuck at home, not doing anything. So I got involved helping sort of back a house stuff and, <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was fulfilling for her as well, knowing that, you know, we're helping people get through a tough period, you know, and, um, just, yeah, really, you know, we were, uh, you know, some of the we were charging clients, of course, like it was a paid service. You know, we we're offering fee services to certain um, certain groups, but you know, it was, you know, we we're still making money from it. But I think the main, you know, not not charging an arm and leg. It was still like a, you know, the satisfaction of being able to help uh, people through a tough period. And we look back at it now and um, pride ourselves on that we're able to, you know, pivot and shift and, and help 
help people, help like we create a little community online and it was um yeah, it was something that we're proud of. Yeah, it's awesome work, mate. And uh, there are a lot of incredible gestures during that period. Uh, dark times, but I think ultimately yeah. you want to hope that people come out of it or glean something out of it that's positive. Um, I certainly learned a few things during the lockdown period myself. We'll just change pace, mate, and talk about your beautiful triplets, of course. Uh, how old are they now? Uh, they just turned five last wow. week. Five? So, Bloody hell. Yeah, quick for some, not so quick some years but it's been a yeah, it's been a journey the last five years yeah no it's absolutely amazing I uh, jumped on your Instagram just before to have a few uh, get a look at a few of the the, the photos that you've got on there uh, with the mm. gang um, are they a handful what's it like and what what are the personality traits like between the three of them yeah it's um they're definitely a handful for that's for sure they're <laughs> um they're great kids you know like you've anyone who's got uh, you know, whatever age or, you know, now a five-year-old, you know, they're a hands full. It's kind of like having two friends over all the time, you know, it's just three five-year-olds just bouncing off each other, feeding off each other, you know, it's, um, it is full on, but it's, uh, you know, we wouldn't change it for the world. We, they've all got their own personalities, you know, and I remember speaking to friends really early on, you know, we're going to give them the same, the same love, the same housing, the same food, the same everything. And, um, you know, Still, they've all evolved into their own people, um, their own their own personalities, and um, you know we all love them for their different reasons. So it's uh, yeah, it's been tough, you know. Like we're just speaking about lockdown, and you know we're I was away for five weeks. We had Champions League. I was away for another five weeks. You know, you're away every second weekend for three days. So it's been a tough sort of managing uh, managing all that um, with the kids, and you know, still making sure that you're Marriage is on foot as well, um, <laughs> and that the kids are happy and healthy, um, and that you can perform your work as well. So it's it's a real balancing act. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was pretty much my ne- next question. It's like, what are the secrets to success in managing your football, and then of course your family? And you're in this unfamiliar scenario where you've had triplets, um, so not many people probably expect to have three at one time, um, but you did, and it's an absolute <laughs> blessing, and um, you clearly love them to bits and it's all going well with you and your wife. But mm. was it really hard to kind of adapt to that change knowing that you had three little ones, three little babies and then toddlers and now, of course, they're five-year-olds now. Has the process just adapted over time with their age? Like a lot of people speak about, you know, the balance between work and, and your family. So how did you find that knowing that you had perhaps a little bit more of a challenge on your hands given you had triplets? Um, I think we just, you know, we're both kind of people that just accept what it is, um, you know, and find solutions, right? You know, it was obviously a, a big issue, you know, having three kids. We lived in a small apartment in Richmond, um, which was not suitable for kids, you know, like my wife drove a Mini, I drove a, an I-30 or something, you know, like this can't transport kids either, <laughs> you know, so it kind of flipped yeah. our life on its head. Let me just... You know, we just go, okay, that's what it is. What's the solution, you know? So I guess it was for us just finding solutions each time things change, you know. We need this for the kids. And then as they grow up, as most parents will tell you, that, you know, they change every few months, you know. So just constantly staying in the now and finding the solutions for what we had to do. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, you're, you're – 
my wife lost a lot of her identity. You know, you're, you're one person before kids and now she's just the sole care of the kids. And, um, you know, all my hobbies took a backseat as well. You know, it was really just football and family and, you know, your, your friends sort of sacrificed a bit as well. It was just what it took. You know, you really had to, had to prioritise, you know, football's a, a selfish sport. You really have to prioritise your schedule and then outside of that, you just prioritise the family, like really, truly prioritise it. Um, and, you know, it's tough. You both, you both kind of lose some of your, you know, your individualism that you had before, um, before the kids, but that's what it's taken. And, you know, we, we always made sure we worked on our marriage as well and um, try and give each other time out and recognise when each, each other's in a bad mood and, you know, just stay silent when you have to. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just a, a real balancing act, I think. And, you know, we still think we're going all right with them, with them at five years old now and we know there'll be plenty of challenges ahead as well. Yeah, I think I've mastered time out with my wife, but the problem is, Lee, we don't have kids yet, so that'll uh, be a whole different challenge in itself. But uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, just, yeah. a, just a final one to wrap up. Um, yep. Now, I don't necessarily want to ask this, but I kind of have to ask this. You are coming to the end of your career, Lee. So have you started to think about life after football? Have you been working on a few things recently that you might – you know, jump head first into once you, you do hang up the boots. Uh, you've been a very durable figure. You've been an absolute warrior for Melbourne Victory and you probably don't want to have this difficult conversation because I I just know that there'll be a lot of tears from you, mate, and you really miss it <laughs> once it's all done and dusted. But have you started to think about that? Yeah, uh, for sure, you know, like of you know, you listen to a lot of ex-players that, you know, that a year or two years is not enough planning, you know, you need to be planning years and years in advance. So yeah. um, I've been thinking about it for years, really, you know, it's, it's you just start slowly thinking and giving yourself options and um, that's what I've been doing, you know, I mean, acquiring my coaching badges and um, done some postgraduate study over the last couple of years at Victoria University and, um all things geared towards staying in football and giving back to the sport and helping shape the game in the future. So, um, you know, it's not a, you know, you're sort of dancing around the question a little bit, but, you know, you, your career runs its course and, and you have to be planning years in advance. And it's, um, you know, when when that door shuts, you know, other doors open and it's, you know, you have to look at it as a, a exciting new ventures when the time comes. So... Yeah, I don't. I have no problem talking about it and and um, preparing for it because inevitably uh, your body fails you and you have to do something else. So um, it'll be what it'll be when when the time's right. Yeah, it'd be weird if you weren't in football, though, Broxy. You 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 love football. You got to stay in football, surely. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, you know. Played now 15, 16 mm. years professionally, and you've played since you were a kid. So, you've acquired a wealth of knowledge about yeah. the game. And it's been, you know, I've been in Australia my whole life. So, you've acquired a wealth of knowledge about the game in Australia. So, you know, you, you know how it functions, how it works, and you have that knowledge that um, I feel is invaluable, you know, and sort of my studies and courses that you're doing now is, is ways of, you know, learning how to enhance it, I guess, and, and harness it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, I think it is a bit of a waste if you, if you don't stay in the sport in some sort of capacity to, to help grow the game. 
Definitely, mate. Well, you're not there yet, but uh, we do look forward to seeing what you do uh, in in your career post-football, hopefully still in football. But, Broxy, thanks a lot for jumping on the Footballer's Voice. It's been great to chat about your family, uh, chat about what you're looking at outside of uh, football once it's all wrapped up, and, of course, all the great work that uh, yourself and your wife did during the COVID period. Very, very good stuff. And um, as I said, mate, it's always a pleasure. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's great.